Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. <sighs> everybody, take a deep breath <sighs> and get ready. <laughs> Maybe you need a seatbelt or get a harness right? Something this week <laughs> to hold you to the ground because it is going to be a crazy week. And it actually begins, actually began kind of yesterday when the sun and Pluto came together for their conjunction, which happens annually. So it's not like that is some like major new thing for us. But every year the, the sun comes together with Pluto and starts a transformational process. You can almost think of like the sun depositing some information into Pluto about what direction uh, he wants to take the world into. And then you can also see that Pluto's depositing with the sun some of the information about what needs to change. What kind of things are we going to have to transform in order to accomplish the highest and best that the sun conjunct Pluto in this case at about 26 degrees of uh, Capricorn will bring for us or what can open up for us. And then of course, yesterday then is followed by today's full moon, which we're gonna really take apart and look at uh, both from the astrology as well as the human design and then otherwise known as astro design. And then we still see the sun conjunct Pluto aspect in the full moon. So what begins to happen is a releasing of something in order for us to make the best of what is the, in the full moon, but also the Sun-Pluto conjunction. Uh, tomorrow, the 18th, we have a shift happening in two things. One, Uranus changes direction from retrograde that he's been in since August and into forward motion. And the nodes finally make their shift out of the Gemini Sagittarius parts of our chart into the Taurus Scorpio parts of our chart. Huge change for the lessons and so forth that we'll be learning for the next 18 months. And then on Wednesday, the sun leaves Capricorn and moves into Aquarius. So we have the dawning of new energy uh, possible on Wednesday. And as we go through the rest of the week, I forgot to look at the rest of the week since everything was so piled in the first three days. The rest of the week looks pretty calm with the exception of Sunday where we have Mercury conjunct the sun. We're used to that because every time Mercury is in a retrograde, he goes through a process of a conjunction to the sun. So later in the weekend, then what we have is Mercury in his retrograde state coming into that conjunction, bringing or picking up, whichever it is, new information for all of us. He'll finish his retrograde motion, bring it forward as we get into February. So we do have a lot to look forward to, right? <laughs> a lot of changes, a lot of potential. And so I want to break it down a little bit. I have a feeling that I kind of need to go sort of in chronological order rather than skipping around through things. So chronological meaning we'll start with where the moon is right this minute uh, in, in lead into the full moon and then Tuesday's energy, Wednesday's energy. And all the while keeping in mind that the part of your chart that is going to be highly activated is the Cancer Capricorn part of the chart. And then ultimately on Wednesday, that's going to shift a bit to the Aquarius part of your chart, but that's already being activated because of Mercury turning retrograde there, Saturn's presence there. So we're already 
um, activated in those two areas, now what we are doing is seeing what is that going to mean for us personally. So if you have your astrology chart with you this morning, take a look at that, okay, or have it with you as we may have this conversation. Now, when we're looking at a full moon, the full moon is always in opposition between the sun and the moon, right? They are at opposite ends of the earth. So the earth is in the middle and the moon on one side and the sun on the other side. And what that brings us into is a time period of culmination where the light is the brightest, at least the reflection of the sun's light as we see it in the moon is at its very brightest. And as, as we move into that phase of the monthly lunation cycle, it brings us to some kind of awareness, a heightened awareness of what direction we're heading, of what maybe we need to bring to completion, what do we need to let go of, uh, and or sometimes it comes as a revelation, like, ah, I, I should have had a V8 kind of thing. So we become very aware of something that has been impeding our progress, and often that's related to the intentions that we have set with the new moon, but it doesn't always happen that it's just with the new moon's energy uh, or the intention set with the new moon. It can bring other things into culmination. And for example, um, this particular full moon in Cancer and Capricorn is at the 27 degree, 51 minute mark of Cancer for the moon and Capricorn for the sun. And we had in November, a lunar eclipse at 27 degrees of Taurus. So we're bringing in some, something that, that happened back in November is taking on the next level. Remember how I always tell you that an eclipse doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? The eclipse doesn't happen once and then you're done with it and you never hear about it again. No, every time there is something that hits either 20, the same degree that the eclipse was at, and it doesn't have to be the moon, but it, monthly it's going to be the moon. Uh, it could be the sun. It can be any other planet. But when we have that, that uh, planetary bumping into the eclipse point, it can elevate to the next level, whatever it was that was coming to completion. This was a lunar eclipse. So a jacked up full moon, if you will that was bringing some phase of our life to close or bringing something to light for us up out of the dark so that we could um, see something and move on. In Taurus, that might have been ideas around prosperity, how we earn money, uh, our self-worth or the way that we value ourselves and what the things are that we value our possessions and all of this type of thing. It could have been a time where we realized we needed to simplify something in our lives. Wherever the Taurus part of your chart is, is likely where the pressure to simplify your life is coming from. And so we have a connection then from the full moon to uh, Taurus, and that is a sextile. So it's an easy sort of connection that we have between the lunar eclipse that was on I believe it was November 19th and the full moon today. But then we also have that in a trine aspect to where the sun is another easy flowing energy. So perhaps this time period helps us really easily see what kinds of things that we must do or who we want to be in order to keep moving forward. So we might be able to shift things and it's not th this full moon is not in a connection with Uranus, the way other full moons have, 
So where other full moons might have brought an instant closure or an instant uh, gratification of something, this one might take until the rest of the cycle is complete, which won't be until the new moon. And there is a, a second new moon this month at the very last day of January. I want to say it's the 31st. Hold on. Yes, the 31st at uh, 9.46 p.m. for us here on the West Coast. For the rest of the world, it's actually going to be, oh, I shouldn't say the rest of the world because we also have Alaska time and Hawaii time uh, where that full moon will be on the 31st, uh, but February 1st for uh, some of you in the world as well. So when we get to that new moon, we can find the completion of this cycle and allow something new to begin. And that particular new moon is going to be in the sign of Aquarius. So we can see the progression, right? That everything's moving cyclically one sign at a time for us to work through in our own charts and in our lives. So while we're sitting here at uh, a full moon time period, it happens, by the way, at 3.49 p.m. if you're on the West Coast, 6.49 p.m. tonight if you are on the East Coast, and a universal time code or uh, time coordinates of uh, 2349, so 1149 p.m. tonight, just before midnight. So that puts pretty much most of us in a full moon today and or this afternoon or this evening. So if you have a, a an ability to see the sky or to look at the sky, of course, you know, we could have done that Saturday or Sunday here, but now it's all foggy and cloudy again. I won't be able to see it, but if you can see it, connect with it visually, right? St let it stimulate your visionary part of yourself. Now, um, let's talk about the aspects that are involved with this full moon, because they're pretty stringent. When you have um, Pluto involved with anything, with any planet, with any event, um, what you have is the opportunity for transformation, i.e. going through the death and rebirth processes. So some of you may be feeling like you are working through um, a, a major transformation in your life. Um, a lot of what's been happening astrologically hasn't really given us much um, forward momentum. It's given us sort of forward, stop, backward, forward, stop, backward. So we're kind of, uh, it's like that foot on the brake, foot on the gas kind of feeling if you're driving and it's funny, I just remembered a dream I had last night or early this morning uh, where I was uh, racing some kind of, of uh, SUV. Um, I was actually fleeing somebody that was chasing me. And how funny is that? A race car driving kind of thing uh, going on in my dream. Uh, but maybe that's a signal, right? Maybe this full moon is telling us that things are about ready to move forward where we've been feeling sort of caught in a, I don't know, kind of, does it feel sort of like Groundhog's Day to some of you? Like we can't seem to get out of the same loop of information or the loop of, of um, uh, events that have been happening, the same things, you know, going on and on. Um, finally, maybe we're getting the, the idea that we're going to get a go ahead of some sort. And that might be because the planet Uranus is going to change directions this week tomorrow. As a matter of fact, he's already slowed down. So an awakening process or a forward motion process is about to be able to be embarked upon. But with the sun and the moon, both in a relationship with Pluto, there's still much to be changed. There's still some of the fear the icky subconscious patterns that we've been holding on to 
that are coming up to the surface for the light of the moon or the light of the sun to transform for us. So it's, it's not that, it's not that we, I think it's that we resist change as human beings. We resist the idea that the way of life that we've had is long gone. And Pluto is that opportunity for us to catch up to the things that may have already changed that we have not wanted to embrace. And that can feel very difficult as everything that we've known, our stability, our security begins to unravel or finishes the process of unraveling. And of course, then with the full moon across an axis of Capricorn and Cancer, it is a very tender axis in our chart because one end of it, the cancer end of it, rules our home and our family and what constitutes security and safety and stability for us. On the other end is Capricorn, a sign that is about what we do in the world and how we do what we do in the world and how we gain our authority in the world. So we have to have the the solid stability, the security, the feeling that we belong in order to be able to go out in the world and do the things that we're here to do, right? To, to share our gifts and our talents and to be a force for good in the world. So this kind of time period puts us in a quandary about how do we balance the two of these? Remember on Friday, we had a conversation about boundaries and limitations and limits uh, because that's a part of all of this, right? The sun And Pluto are both at the gate 60 in our human design, and that's a gate of limitations, being able to play in the playpen, if you will, so that those boundaries help you to do what it is you need to do right now in the moment. And then um, the, the Earth and the moon in a conjunction right now because of the full moon status is going to be at the gate 56, and that's up on the throat center. Um, and it's a gate that wants to tell a story, the story of our experiences. And so we we are, you know, seeing that our experiences have been lived out. We've lived out a lot of experiences. If you just kind of quick think about the last couple of years, how many experiences have you lived out? How many lives have you lived? How many deaths have you experienced? How many births have you experienced? And going back and forth throughout and not literal deaths or births, but things changing in your life, right? So at this point with this full moon, we have this opportunity to sort of survey the things that have been changing, but also then to see the rightness of it all. And how is it that we are designed to move forward? What do do we need to do next? What comes next? The sun and moon in this particular full moon day are also aligned with the galactic center, but through what we call a semi-sextile. And some of you may recall that before Christmas, I did a show and we talked about semi-sextiles and how they are, cre- they're, they're, a semi-sextile occurs in signs that are neighboring. So the galactic centers in Sagittarius, the sun in Capricorn, and the moon in Cancer. So we have uh, a semi-sextile between the sun and the galactic center, but we have a, uh, an inconjunct between the moon and the galactic center. So go back to December 18th ish while we were being, while the sun was sitting at the galactic center, something was being brought into our evolutionary awareness, maybe seated, but maybe not something that's very obvious to you as an individual, but something was seated into the collective. And now we begin the first step, the first connection between the sun 
and that galactic center since the uh, conjunction. So what is it that we're having to cooperate with to bring in? What are we having to uh, work together towards something new? What is it that that's happening? And how is that happening in your own personal chart? Oh, but also how is it happening on the bigger, wider screen? And again, as I said earlier in the broadcast, this is related, this full moon is related to the, the uh, November 19th lunar eclipse because they're happening at the same degree, 27 degrees, some minutes, and it triggers the next level of whatever was changing at that full moon lunar eclipse for you back in November. So it's interesting that the time period now seems to draw us backward to November, but also have us looking forward to what comes next. Questions. How's everybody feeling about all of that? Uh, J-Lo says, I keep hearing the Willy Wonka song into the thick of it. And Tom says, J-Lo, L-M-A-O. Yes, everybody understands that particular thing. Um, tell me about it. My North Node and South Node, Susie Gemini says. By the way, good morning to all of you who have checked in. Susie Gemini, Debbie Tippett's Two Meal, Tom, Jolie Evans. Great to see you. Haven't seen you yet this year. And, uh, well, let's see. J-Lo says, slow and steady wins the race. Tammy Smith, good morning. Ursula, good morning. Tanya Hardiman, good morning. Taurus rules my 12th. Yay. Indeed. You are like the second or third reading I did last week with the Taurus, uh, with Taurus. Oh, I have the third one today uh, with Taurus on the 12th house. So what's coming up for the, those of you who have that, that setting is that ideas of value and worthiness and uh, scarcity and prosperity are all coming up out of the 12th. The 12th house, it kind of holds the places in our chart where we have like hidden things, right? Where it's unconscious patterns. It could be related to previous lifetimes. And periodically, something will trigger that 12th house and something comes up out of our awareness or into our awareness from out or underneath the surface for us to clear, to cleanse, to purify. So that in the end, the planets that are transiting through that 12th house lead us to our truth, right? Our true authentic selves, our spiritual selves. But until we have that done, we are in a sort of kind of prison of our own making where we have the key right around our neck. And all we have to do is stick it in the lock, turn the key, unlock it and open up our hearts, our souls, our minds to allow ourselves some form of healing, whether it's in the physical realm or whether it's in the uh, spiritual realm, emotional realm, or even uh, the mental realm. I'm chuckling because my family, on I, <laughs> just before I came on live, I sent to our family chat a picture of a coffee cup and good morning. So now they're all catching on that if, you know, mom sent something. So they're all sending me these different pictures that I can't really respond because I'm talking to all of you, but it's cracking me up because of the pictures they're sending. Uh, so sorry for getting sidetracked there for a moment. Um, at any rate, so that 12th house is a place then for us to clear out the, the garbage, right? To clean out the the, to come back to our spiritual truth and our spiritual self and our spiritual higher self. Uh, okay, so I'm going to scroll back down here. Let's take a look. Uh, JLo says, uh, yes, I know where the block has been. I'm able to connect it to my mom so that it is what I'm working on. Nice. Marlene Sousa, good morning. Hello. Can the 12th house be related to addictions? 
absolutely. In the natural chart, the natural zodiac, it would be the sign of Pisces that rules that 12th house. And the, the sign of Pisces is a place where there can be addictions. It is a place ruled by Neptune and Jupiter. And uh, in, in a way, we can go overboard in trying to kill off the pain that we feel. When we're talking about the 12th house and its relationship to Pisces energy, we can sort of, or we have to sort of bring up the victim energy, the savior, martyr kind of shadow energy that is housed there and uh, rec recognition that you're not a victim, right? You're not a victim, that you never have been a victim, that uh, that's just been something that has been triggered from the fear that humans have had encased in their DNA. We have it in our DNA to survive. And part of that survival energy has been about fear. So fear can lead into victim energy. Victim energy can lead into our giving up on ourselves or acting unconsciously uh, in the world, sabotaging ourselves. And sometimes we do that through addictive behaviors. Uh, anxiety lives here possibly, and that can lead to addictive behaviors. And whether that's alcohol or drugs or gambling or sex or eating or anything else, uh, it can be our attempt to cover up the expression of fear. Um, so it's a it's a it's a place where a lot of stuff can come up, and it is definitely related to addictions. Now, not everybody who has the twelfth house with a planet in it or Pisces uh, activated in their chart ends up with an addiction. But often you're going to see in the place where you have Pisces, where you've had to deal with addiction or addictive type behaviors, either in yourself or possibly in others around you. So that was a great question, Marlene. Uh, anybody else have any other questions about the full moon? Um, by the way, the axis it's in, uh, the, the full moon itself is going to be in the sign of cancer. So one house, but the sun, which is, you, know, you can't separate the sun from uh, the moon in a full moon, uh, means that Capricorn is also involved. So you have an axis in your chart, the axis of home and family versus the uh, career professional authoritative you. And how do we have boundaries that help us to maintain both, right? But not over too far in one or over too far in the other. And I actually kind of want to share um, the human design chart, uh, share screen, window. Oh, I hate it when it does this to me. Okay, now. Hmm. So let me cancel this, go back in. There we go. Okay, so what I wanted to share is the uh, astro design or human design mandala for the energies that we're experiencing this week. And you can see pretty much everything is aligned up and down through the center of our charts. And, it, and it's not that we don't have energies in these other centers, but the primary energies that we're talking about today are all in this up and down area. So what we have is the throat center involved, the sacral center involved, and the root center involved. We talked a lot about the root center on Friday, so I won't talk too much about that, except to say that at the gate 60 is where the sun 
in is in the full moon and the uh, planet Pluto. That's where their conjunction is. The moon and the earth are in a conjunction during a full moon. I hope you guys recognize that, right? If the sun and the moon are in opposition and the sun and the earth are always in an opposition, then what we have is the earth and the moon in a conjunction, right? I hope that makes sense. So the earth and the moon are both at the gate 56. And I, I love talking about the gate 56 because it's a, it's a gate on the throat center. And the throat center is communication. It is also manifestation, right? In the beginning, God said, so words have um, creative power and that creative power leads to manifestation in the real world. The gate 56 is called in traditional human design, the gate of the wanderer. And in uh, quantum human design, it's called the gate of storytelling. And it is a storytelling gate, no matter how you slice it. This is a gate that loves to travel. And then in the traveling, sharing their experiences. So often the 56 can be a place where home is wherever you lay your hat, right? Wherever you uh, land happens to be where your home is. So there's a lot of flexibility in this gate to be able to feel home wherever you are. Yet it is a gate that is related to cancer and cancer is a sign that really appreciates home, right? The, the having a home from their home base or their, their secure point, they can go out throughout the world doing whatever they love to do and bring back the stories to share. So here we call it the gate of the wanderer because it is a gate that does like to move, right? It's a movement sort of gate. Um, it is a gate of um, people uh, right now and people who have this gate natally who are hungry for new experiences. And when they have these new experiences, when we have these new experiences, we bring them out to the world to share. And in, in essence, then this is also a teaching gate. So a lot of times it's teaching through story. So through the experiences, the experiences that we've had um, and telling the story about them, the, the challenge here is to share the experience in a way that's uplifting in a way that is positive and uh, not one that re-emphasizes the negative quality. So any story, right, of an accident, of the pandemic, of a death, of uh, losing a job or a health crisis, those can all be very negative experiences up on the surface, but the storytelling gate is the experience. So going from the beginning through the experience and out the other end, and being able to share the wholeness of the story, right? Not just the negative, I, you know, got hit by a car kind of thing, but this is what I learned from the experience. And I'm here to tell you that anybody can go through an experience and come out at the other end in a positive way. So teaching through story, but this is also a writer's place. So writing the story, writing one's experiences to share with others. It was funny because last night I got a text from my daughter who had an interesting experience this weekend in channeling um, someone that had passed over. And she said, I, I'm going to go home and I'm going to write down this experience in my journal. And then I'm going to write this experience into a book. And I was like, interesting, right? Interesting because the experience is needing to be shared, right? It's an experience that needs to be shared with others. 
whether it's others just as in us as a family or others, maybe she gets it out to friends, maybe she gets it out and published to the, the greater public, who knows, right? But the need, the desire here is to share of our experiences. So that's where the earth and uh, the moon are in all of this. And then I also wanted to show you that this week we have a nodal shift. We've been talking about this off and on. The nodes are about to shift out of Gemini and Sagittarius. In fact, today they're at zero, zero, zero. So they are sitting at zero degrees of Gemini, zero degrees of Sagittarius. And remember, the nodes move backwards through a sign. So they enter in at the 29th degree. So tomorrow, the nodes will shift into the 29th degree of Taurus, the north node and the south node moving into the um, the uh, sign of Scorpio. And that puts them in the gate eight on the throat center and the gate 14 on the uh, uh, sacral center, the south node on the gate 14. So it's interesting because both of these gates have a, a sort of interesting story to tell, story, right? Experience. The gate eight on the throat center wants to be able to bring the right people together to be able to contribute something to the world. And it might be a singular contribution, you know, you as an individual making your contribution, but it could also be you bringing the people together in community or bringing a group together, a family together for the purposes of contributing something from your experiences or something that is uh, something that you hold personally that is yours to share or contribute to the world. So the North Node is pushing us. The North Node, remember, is, is the direction we're moving, right? It's the line of destiny, the collective destiny right now, if you will. Now you have your own personal destiny. So this is sort of in conjunction with that. It's a uh, going along kind of parallel to you and your own destiny. But the collective destiny right now is going to be about finding a contribution that you are here to make individually, but also you and your group or you and your family. And it's interesting because the South Node is going to be sitting at 14 and the South Node draws us to the past. It shows us what we've been holding on to that is no longer working. And I find it interesting because it's called the Gate of Prosperity but it's prosperity through work, right? This is the only gate in your human design that shows that money and working get connected. But if we didn't trade in money, let's say we traded in blankets or food or something like that, it, it wouldn't matter that it's just money. Whatever it is that we trade our time for is what brings us prosperity in the gate 14. But note, it's the South Node. So it's the old story. It's the part of us that has to let go in favor of doing things that feel like it is our contribution to the world and attracting prosperity in that way instead of just doing the work. So I find it, I, I really think it's interesting because if you look at what's been happening with the pandemic over the last couple of years, people uh, lost their jobs or were put on furlough. And then a lot of them, you know, a lot of people talking about the benefits, um, the unemployment benefits for not going back to work or staying off, right? But those those benefits have since ceased, right? <laughs> and there's still not people going back to work in the way that they used to work. And uh, it has created a, a workplace issue, right? Where you, they're having to 
um, pay higher wages in order to attract people. Everywhere you go, there are signs now hiring, right? That's something that is so fascinating to me. And now we have this North Node uh, moving us to find work that's in conjunction with what we want to contribute while releasing the idea, oops, releasing the idea here in the South Node that what we do in the world is because of money, because of earning. So it changes everything to earning because of doing what we're passionate about, what we love and what we want to make as a contribution versus doing it because of a sense of greed or a sense of having to survive. Um, so it's, it's untethering, <laughs> more untethering, which I kind of love. So our node shift uh, is taking us into this new territory. And we haven't been in this territory uh, for about 18 and a half years, right? That takes us to almost the time where the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction happened in Taurus. And it was sort of this harbinger time of uh, having to look at how we uh, manage our resources, how our financial world needed to have a revamp, where greed has entered into everything. You know, capitalism anymore can be sort of uh, a word associated with greed and uh, corporatocracy. And so a lot of and I'm not advocating that we get rid of capitalism or anything like that, but I am saying that there needs to be new motivations for what it is that we're doing in the world rather than just a purely monetary need. So we are getting a, a chance, an opportunity over these next 18 months to do that, right? To be able to look at that. So this brings up a hot seat sort of position in your chart across Taurus and Scorpio. Scorpio, the side that needs to be released, right? The baggage, the elimination factor, and Taurus, the simplifying um, the comfort zone, uh, the finding our value and living from our values and creating sustainability. So we are on a, an adventure, a new experience that uh, we will have some stories, I'm sure, ahead that we can share about that. And all of that begins tomorrow. Um, by the way, I've done quite a few astrology of 2022 readings, and that reading is only available until the end of the month. So you have until January 31st to, to get it purchased and scheduled, even if it happens in February, um, which, of course, if you buy it on the last day of January, it will happen in February. So keep that in mind that that is still available at the discounted price of $89. It is open on the uh, first page of my website. So you go to www.living-astrology.com scroll down a little bit and you'll see astrology of 2022 reading it's all inclusive of all of these things that we're talking about um, especially the things we've been talking about here at the beginning of the year and so then you can get it personalized for you so and it is the only uh chart reading that i do in the year where i actually hand develop it i here's one that will be let's see if i can show this is somebody's that i did already but it's all hand drawn, hand written in so that it can be very specific to you. So uh, take that up. Uh, another little announcement thing here, um, Wednesday this week, normally I've been on Wednesdays doing interviews. I won't be on this Wednesday, but I will be on next Wednesday talking to Heather Scott about self-nurturing and self-love. 
and she has written a book called Gentle on You, and I can't wait to share her work with you. And we saw her a little bit out here last week. She was she joined us in the morning show, so she will be joining us as a guest next Wednesday. This Wednesday, no show, and unless I decide to come on, which I will certainly let you know, um, but on Friday. Pia and Colin will be joining us for their monthly visit to Living Astrology. So I'm excited about that. <sighs> okay. Ah, somebody I saw out there and I can't remember who it was, whoever you are. Thank you, JLo. I see you did it, but I thought I saw it again somewhere else. If you are listening out there to me this morning and you are liking what you're hearing, please hit the thumbs up button if you are on YouTube and the like button if you are on Facebook Live. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is Living Astrology and subscribe and you can, there's a little bell next to it. You can hit the bell and get notified when I come on live. Okay, done all the housekeeping stuff. Shall we talk about something else now? Uh, let's talk about Uranus. And tomorrow the nodes shift and we are changing the way that we're living our lives or the things that we're focusing on. But as well, the planet of awakening, of shock, of uh, things that surprise us, he is moving into a new, uh, he's moving into a new direction, not a new sign. He's staying in Taurus. We have him in Taurus for another few years, um, but he will be moving direct. And often when Uranus moves direct, there's often something that we see in the outer world that startles us or that awakens us in some way. This is... Um, energy of awakening and seeing the blessings in the changes that we are embracing as he's sitting at the gate 24, which is up uh, on the Ajna, the second center, right? So it's the center of the mind. It's the center of our thinking processes. It's where we think we have certainty and Uranus comes along and makes something change or destroys something or builds something new and we are sort of shocked by it and or there's a revelation of sorts it's interesting because uranus changing directions right after the full moon means that likely there's some kind of aha moment there for all of us an epiphany maybe something that is ready to move us into a new direction and wherever taurus is in your chart of course you're already looking at taurus in your chart because the north node is moving there so now you need to look at it and see, well, what does Uranus's change of direction mean? And, you know, usually, you know, we, we think of Uranus sometimes as the rebel and creator of revolutions, um, creator of change, right? And sometimes change doesn't necessarily come easily to us as human beings. So to have uh, a planet like Uranus that wants to do the shakeup kind of wake up and smell the coffee and get moving and, uh, you know, get out of your own way is what we need in order to make change. But often we, we sort of interpret that as something we don't want, right? The, the awakening part of it is, yeah, we want to be awakening, um, awakened, I mean, but uh, do we really want to, do we really want to let go of the way things are in order to awaken? there's where the rub comes. And so a planet like Uranus changing direction holds for us the key to being able to embrace that change. Now, um, in the physical body, Uranus 
is a, a, a ruling planet of the sign of Aquarius. So it relates to somewhat our higher, our central nervous system. So when you think about the hits that we've taken over the last couple of years, personally, but also collectively, it really has had an impact on our central nervous system. We see it in anxiety. We see it in uh, people's tempers flaring. We see it with, you know, unexpected behaviors and things like that going on. So Uranus is really redirecting, I believe, the nervousness, the nervous system in our bodies, rewiring us, so to speak. And rewiring us is exactly what's needed in order for us to embrace the new frequency energy that's been coming into the planet. So Uranus rules sort of the higher self or the connection we have to the higher self. And on the day tomorrow, he will be in a square to Mercury, freshly in retrograde in Aquarius. And Aquarius and Taurus are both fixed signs. They're both signs that need to be disrupted, right, in order to find change. So where Uranus in Taurus has been disrupting our finances, our ways of valuing things, our, our value and worth, what we um, earn as earning power, the banking system, the mortgages, the all of the, the money, the monetary system, um, and making changes there. On the inner planes, he's also changing our ideas of scarcity and abundance and our fear of not having enough, not being enough. Now we have Mercury in retrograde in Aquarius in the sign that Uranus rules, and Mercury rules the mind. So the lower mind, we could say. So, and I'm not saying lower as one's not as as good as the other. I'm saying, you know, Uranus is ruling the higher processes, Mercury ruling the more brain processes or mind processes that we think of, and Mercury in retrograde brings us more to the internal processing that has to be done or that is going on with us individually, right? So Mercury and Uranus at this point, Mercury also rules sort of the uh, nervous system, the nerves, uh, and how they send the signals between the mind and to other parts of the body. So with Uranus and Mercury both coming into a challenge, right, they're challenging one another in a square, we might be feeling anxiety, we might be feeling pressure, we might be feeling sort of that, that uh, buzzing frequency shift feeling. I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, I was talking to my daughter about this the other day because she was telling me that when she goes into uh, meditation mode, she starts to feel this buzzing inside of her. And to me, when I, I hear that from people and when I feel it myself, it's a frequency shift that you're undergoing, right? The body trying to house a new frequency, the body trying to move with that new frequency. So we have for the rest of the week, likely this feeling, perhaps this buzzing, you might feel it in your muscles, you may feel it in your mind, it could create headaches or um, body aches as your body is attempting to adjust to this new frequency. And the frequency is evolving, right? We're moving through an evolution. So it's not that the frequency is going down, even though it looks sometimes like we are devolving instead of evolving. Um, it isn't really what's happening. Remember that we spiral. So the spiral comes back around on itself before it moves to the next level. So we're all moving through a frequency shift, evolving to the next level in the body, 
and in our consciousness, in our emotions, in our mental processes. And it's not always a very comfortable thing. And when a planet like Uranus comes along, sometimes it zings us into that change. So be prepared. It's not going to be the same for everybody, right? It depends on how you are uh, adjusting on your own to the changes going on on the planet, how stuck you are in your old ways, how willing are you to adopt a different viewpoint, to let go of old dogmas and embrace the new, uh, embrace the more possibles than the reality of what you think it is. So it, it's going to be different for everyone. I, I think that people that, and we've already been through so much, right? That likely we're seeing the the ability for more people to join us in the new frequency. That's my intuitive hit on this whole thing is that more people joining us in the awakening process, tilting the scales for uh, toward the new. So interesting, right? Um, one thing I also wanted to bring up with the lunar nodes, the nodes being in Taurus and Scorpio are also bringing us a frequency shift, right? They're bringing us to a new level. With the North Node, we're looking at what's ripening, what's coming to fruition, or what's more um, attainable now than has been at other times, while the South Node shows us the karmic unfolding, right? What What's the karma that we've been dealing with, and how do we embrace the experiences from the past without trying to recreate the past all the time, right? Without holding on too tightly. So letting go uh, of that karma as we are embracing embracing something new, the ripening of something new. So uh, I meant to say that when we were talking about the nodes. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we need to talk about today? Uh, questions, comments. Let's see. I may go here and see what people are talking about. Uh, JLo, ha. Huh. I've seen that in a vision back in 2017 for my own self. Thank you. I'm not sure what we were talking about there. Oh, JLo, because the 24 with your Mercury. So they've been buddies for a while. Tom, I am a rebel without applause. <laughs> Susie Gemini, eighth house. It tells me a lot already, indeed. Uh, so, we, you know, we awakening isn't pretty, I guess, is, is how we can look at this. It hasn't been pretty. It doesn't mean that we have to be afraid of it or that we have to avoid it like the plague. In fact, avoiding the changes that are happening like the plague is more problematic than it is helpful. So embrace everything that's happening. And uh, you'll see how it supports the evolution on the planet. And by the way, if I, I just took a quick look this morning at the um, Pleiadian calendar. So for those of you who are new and haven't heard about this, <clears throat> and I can't imagine who you might be, but if you are new here, you might not have heard of the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar. I know it says 2021, but that's because the 2021 version was an 18-month version, uh, and I'm liking this version. I still haven't, <laughs> haven't even really ordered my 2022. I should probably do that. Um, so as we look at January of 2022, on the 15th, we started a new week. So that was happy birthday to Martin Luther King Day. And it began a week called One Choosing. And the one days of, remember, the Pleiadian calendar is a 13-day spiral of consciousness. So we're an evolving 
um, consciousness or awakening through each 13 day period. So that was on Saturday, one choosing. It was also a Venus change uh, phase date. And so what we are seeing is a lot of change kind of right there. And that choosing energy is where we are really focused right now. What do we choose? We all have free will. And choosing energy in um, the Mayan calendar was ebb. Ebb represented a road and the um, moving of a road into a fork where we were forced to choose. Do I go right? Do I go left? Do I just stop? Um, do I plow on through a new road? I, wh what do I do, right? It's choosing. So we see then in the energy of this 13-day period that we were coming to a choice point and we are choosing what we do, how we feel about what we do, where are we going to go, how are we going to show up in the world. Now today with the full moon, we have that energy at three healing. Healing energy in the um, uh, Mayan calendar was Ish, the representation of the jaguar or the uh, shaman. It's very powerful energy for taking us through a healing process, whether that's healing because we have a physical ailment, whether that's healing on the emotional, in our relationships, in our finances, our health, and on and on and on. So keeping in mind, we have the ability to embody healing energy and it is always a choice. It's a choice to do, to do the healing work, to take the healing path. It's not something that, um, you know, is, it could be thrust upon us that we have something that we need to heal through, but the choice of healing is always ours, right? We choose that. And uh, as well, the rest of the week, uh, we go through some pretty stringent energy, um, but that's just the typical, right? When we start with one choosing, the energies are taking us through the different things um, that we might have to choose, right? So we're choosing something again that is from a higher um, consciousness level. So I kind of, of like that that uh, way of looking at things. And so that's our potential for the week, right? We start with that choosing choosing healing, choosing to see things in a higher perspective, choosing to regulate ourselves and our thoughts and our, our actions in a new way. So each day, it's going to be about the choosing plus the energy of that day. So uh, questions about any of that? Uh, I, new comments. Hello. There we go. Um, happy birthday, MLK Jr. Yes, people, today's the holiday. Uh, but his birthday was actually on the 15th of January, which was on Saturday. So happy birthday to someone who really was a change agent on the planet, right? He really changed us. Ursula, that is great resilience test. Um, I think I told all of you that over the holidays, I really discovered how resilient my family was or how you know, even my own personal resilience to all of the different things this that were changing or happening, right? That were out of our control. And uh, resilience is a big word for all of us for 2022 because we've been we we've been tested and we're we're continuing the process of raising our frequency, raising our consciousness level. And in doing so, it teaches us to be resilient, that we always come out on top when we choose to be resilient. All right. Uh, what's the additional energy today? I don't know what you mean by that, Miss Taylor. To give me give me an idea of what you're talking about. Additional energies for today. I think we have a lot for today. 
<laughs> the full moon, preparation for Uranus direct, preparation for lunar node shifting on Wednesday, preparation for the sun's move into Aquarius. So today is a big day, but it is also one we talked a lot about it in the earlier part of the broadcast. So maybe you can go back and hear that. Or if you have a specific question, please feel free to, to ask about it. Now, something interesting happening right after the full moon is that the moon moves into the void. So it leaves us, uh, the last aspect is the sun opposing the moon, the full moon, and then immediately, if not sooner, goes into the void for us to sit with in our dream state, most likely, because for most of you, it's happening in the nighttime for us on the West Coast later in the day, sure, in the afternoon, um, but leaving us with the ability to take a look deeper into uh, what is the what is the revelation or the culmination point for all of for us in that moment so the void doesn't break until 804 p.m west coast time that'll be midnight 04 or uh, let's see that'll be 1104 uh p.m for those of you on the east coast and in europe of course uh in the middle of the night and that's when the moon moves into the sign of leo changing up that energy so the moon moves us then into the more dramatic territory after it's full into the real challenge to find our own path of individuality. So we're going from the full moon almost immediately into the void and then into a new sign. And that's what happens when the, the full moon happens at the last couple of degrees of a sign. Um, in addition to the Pleiadian choosing energy, oh gosh, we were talking about so many different things, uh, Taylor. We talked about the full moon, what signs it was in, uh, the gates that it was going to be in, in our human design. Uh, we talked about the nodes and the shifting nodes. We talked about uh, lots of stuff. So yeah, re-listen. And today's definitely three healing energy, JLo, where we have the shamanic ability to heal, almost the uh, magical, shape-shifting, transformational energy to heal something of uh in our own lives so cool stuff right hello gala great to see you out there uh, okay i think that is it for me this morning i'm going to draw us a couple of cards to get through the full moon and the week uh, i'm going to stick with the mayans right they seem to have been sending us some pretty profound messages over the last couple of times we've used them and I'm going to draw an animal spirit card for us. And I've just got a third one that is going to be the goddess cards. Better move my coffee so I don't spill it on my cards. All right. So first, let's deal with a Mayan card. And this is for us, not only for the full moon, but for this high energy week. And how, how best to get through this. And I love the cards giving us that kind of wisdom. And we have, ah, Kimmy. And Kimmy energy is one of the day signs. And it is the sign. In this, it kind of looks like a skull. It's the, it can be sometimes the representation of the skull, sometimes of a vulture. It is the energy of transformation. So we'll have that. Let's see, Kimmy comes before Ish. And Shwen Ak Uluk. Nope, it is. It's definitely, yes, because it's before that one. Here we go. So Kimi, it is the common, in the common Mayan language, it was the word for death. And the qualities of surrender, release, death, 
transmutation, forgiveness, humility, and revelation, all very full moon words, by the way, symbols, the six-sided crystal in roots, evergreen tree, moss, growth in death. The number six, uh, oh, I got to share this with you guys. This is weird. And I don't know why I've never noticed this, but have you guys ever noticed this? That when you see triple digits, one, 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 two, 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 and you add them up. So one, one, one becomes a three, uh, two, two, two becomes a six, three, three, three becomes a nine. And then if you go to a four, 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 it becomes a 12, which then becomes a three. So the net effect of all of the triple digits from one to uh, nine are that they are three, six, or nine. I don't know. There's something magical in the three, six, nines. So I just had to bring that up. I don't know why, because the number six is a part of Kimmy. Um, and so the wisdom, the shadow wisdom here is feeling the need to be in control, the fear of death, depression, struggle, and resistance. Mm. The shadow transformation is surrender to the pattern of perfection. Listen to the part of you that is calling for death and transformation. Receive its wisdom. And its affirmation is I release, I let go, I surrender, I forgive. So the discoverer, velvet soft enclave of release, death in which I do not die, receive me. Assist my surrender that I may enter innocent into the sacred garden. In receiving Kimi, you are being asked to release and surrender. Surrender is the opposite of giving up. It is freeing yourself from the desire to be in control, letting go of how you think things should be. Surrender is freedom. You are being invited to release yourself from the bondage of preconceived action, to let everything be all right as it is so that you can live a more inspired life in the moment. You are being asked to take action in the process of surrender and release. You are requested you, you are requested to die a symbolic death to surrender your limiting beliefs. Symbolic death unveils the self by cutting away the outgrown parts of yourself that no longer serve you. In such death, ego structures fall away to reveal the garden of the true self. Look for new ways of being, new people, new ideas, and new directions that will move into the vacuum created through surrender and release. Like yeast, surrender enlivens and empowers you to experience more of life's fullness. Kimmy brings humility either by helping you to humbly embrace the process of surrender and release or by forcing you to your knees. Experience the balm of forgiveness that is intrinsic to the sacred realm of death. Holding on to past patterns and grievances only limits the possibilities. Forgive yourself, forgive others, let go, surrender whatever limits you, face whatever you are resisting. In the experience of any loss, it is never too late to complete. Through your willingness to walk in the dark forest, insights and revelations, very Uranus, will naturally emerge. Woo, Kimmy, powerful, powerful, powerful. Okay, now let's take a look at, now we're going to soften it a bit maybe, right? Let's soften it a bit by looking at the goddesses. We haven't looked at the goddesses in a while. So hold a minute while I unpack them goddesses so this is a deck by colette baron reed i love her decks and for the goddesses ooh, we get artemis focus and a bunch of them fell out but i don't think that had anything to do with other than my own fumbling fingers 
And this is the card number four. Four is interesting as it's also a number of boundaries. And Artemis says, and she was upright. I didn't show you the card, did I? Artemis. She's a beautiful one. And the number four and Artemis underneath her, it says focus. In order to fully embrace the intentions you have set in motion and your current conditions, it's important to seize the moment. Now is the time you can truly make your mark as the Greek goddess of the hunt, Artemis, will help guide your arrow. Surrender yourself to the process of whatever is calling for your attention. Immerse yourself fully in whatever needs your focus and allow yourself the experience of deep abiding trust. If you aim true and your heart is open and pure, grateful for all the bounty that surrounds you, your deepest desires will manifest before you like magic. Again, another card about surrender. So the goddess Artemis on our journey here today or through this week. And an animal to just because they're fun and I really like them. Tom says, I'm looking at all the goddesses now in the chats here. Lucky for you, huh, Tom? Uh, Lorna, hello. Check out Tesla for 369 Magic. I'm going to do that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. Thank you. Um, Nicola Tesla thought 369 held the keys to the universe. Well, now I would have to almost agree. I'm getting chills. Oh my gosh, that's validation. And we had this animal last week showing us uh, that maybe we have some more focus on slow and steady wins the race. We have turtle spirit. Turtle spirit is the uh, card number 62. It's an eight. Do you guys remember that last week? Turtle spirit again, upright. I can't remember if he was upright last week, but uh, let's see. Turtle spirit card 62. He's going to be here in the back and turtle turtle spirit arrives. Oh, last week he was upside down. He was because I remember this message, pushing too hard, rushing to leave others in the dust, that kind of thing. This week, he is telling us, Turtle Spirit arrives to remind you that when you do what you need to do, putting one foot in front of the other and trusting that you will see your intentions manifest in perfect timing, your prosperity and love will grow exponentially. Now is not the time to rush around trying to force matters. Move slowly, perhaps even so slowly that it almost feels as if you were not moving at all. This may be a time to crawl before walking, taking your time to align to Turtle Spirit's place as you can contemplate this road you are on, doing what you need to do in the small moment that will soon pass. Turtle Spirit reminds you that sometimes the best action is to slow right down. Mm -hmm. So if it feels as if you are not doing enough, know that simply being aware of what is happening right now may be an important step toward determining whether you need to pivot or simply keep putting one foot in front of the other. True love and true success come with patience, says Turtle Spirit. Focus on the now and the next step will be clear. Interesting because we had the goddess Artemis, whose a message was in a keyword focus. That kind of matches with turtle spirits energy. And I'm not sure what I did with Kimmy. I put him somewhere here in my, here he is. No, that's White Raven. That's interesting. Uh, Kimmy, there you are, uh, talking to us about surrender and release. Some common messages here in our cards for the day. All right. 
Well, that's it for me today, everybody. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Uh, I may be on on Wednesday. It depends on how things shake out in the world. If something of major import happens, I might come on and talk about Uranus. If not, I will see you all on Friday with Pia and Colin joining me to talk more about the Pleiadian Earth calendar. Thanks so much. Take care, everyone. Bye.